Hello and welcome to the EFA Fitness Podcast. We are on episode 25, I think. Um, and today I'm going to be talking about sleep, but we're going to split this into two parts. So the part one is going to be about um, sort of the non-nutrition based stuff that you can put in and implement into your day to help you sleep. Um, and then part two is all going to be about like, nutrition and timing and shit like that and not drinking an espresso right before you go to bed. Um, so there's actually quite a lot of stuff um, around this and most of it is about um, routines and habits and like a lot of my clients when they start working with me, I try to implement as many of these as I find applicable to their life. Um, obviously everybody's different and people will literally be on their phone as they're laid in bed. They'll set their alarm, they'll put the phone down and then three seconds later, as soon as the head hits the pillow, they're asleep. And they're the anomaly. Um, and that's normal to them. And that's absolutely fine. Um, I can't do that. I know I can't do that. Um, so we're going to go through some some stuff that you can implement that will help you sleep. Um, I'll try to cover the whys, but I don't want this to start getting like up to an hour long. Because let's face it, Spank Lady Monday, I've got better stuff to do. Um, so the first thing I, I usually try to get from my clients is, um, I try to get them to hit a certain amount of hours per night. So I usually aim for seven to nine. That's where you probably aim to look at for 90 to 95% of our population is seven to nine hours sleep is where roughly we get the best outcomes. There are some people who will thrive on three to four. They're obviously sadists and monsters. And you'll get some people who will literally have nine hours sleep and still feel tired like they've not slept. And those people kind of need looking at 10 to 12 hours sleep. And again, like that is normal for them. For me, six to seven usually works about right. Um, Odin wakes me up at sort of half five, six o'clock most mornings. Um, as my dog walker texted me on Monday morning last week while I was in Rome, why is he back in between five and seven? Um, yeah. Yeah, dog, the real fun. Um, so to try and achieve this sort of seven to nine hours that I put on on it, um, I try to get them in a, in sort of a, a sleep schedule and try to bring in a bedtime. However, pathetically childish that sounds, but like having a bedtime and being like, all right, well, it's half nine, ten o'clock now. I need to start winding down for bed. Like it just becomes habitual that actually, like yeah, you might. There might be sometimes when you're on a night out or you're out with your mates or you're out for a meal that that's not applicable. But if you make it so that you've got a bedtime and you kind of work your normal day, as normal as a day can be, around that bedtime, like mine's usually half nine, ten o'clock, it gets to that area. Like it's for me, it's all right, I'm going to start winding down now. Um, and I will always wake up at a very similar time. So I will wake up at five past six every morning or that's when my alarm is set for I might wake up before that I might wake up slightly after that but that's when my alarm's set for and that's when I try to wake up don't snooze it so <clears throat> I will aim for half ten-ish to six-ish it's about seven and a half um, when you count sort of the wake up and the toilet breaks in between you're probably looking at sort of six forty-five seven hours and 
the reason that we try to go to sleep and wake up at very similar times, like within half an hour to an hour every single day, is we've got something called a circadian rhythm, um, or circadian, or however you want to say it. And basically, that's that's essentially your body clock. And every single cell in your body has its own body clock. And we can essentially start to create this system in your body where your hormones start to spike at the right times. So before we go to bed, we want melatonin and growth hormone to be nice and high because melatonin is going to send you to bed. Growth hormone is going to help you repair and, and sort of rest overnight and glow. And then when we wake up, we want cortisol up to be nice and high because that's what's going to spike us. Spike and essentially wake us up, right? And you can essentially train your body to have quite a regimented spike in those hormones. Um, and that's why we have a wake-up time and a bedtime. And once you start getting into the routine, you won't really need an alarm very often. But obviously, that comes off the back of other habits as well. So... The first one and the most notorious one is the one that I mentioned earlier, which is like sitting, watching TikToks in bed right before you go to sleep. Like for me, I try to avoid like all blue light. So that's uh, phone, TVs, laptops, um, me playing my PS5 till half now for like an hour before I go to bed. So as soon as all those are off, that's now my wind down time. Like, especially if you've had a busy day, you've got to imagine that your day is like a motorway. You're not going to start taking a corner at 80 miles an hour. So you have to wind down and putting your phone down, laptops, iPads, everything, like talking to your spouse, your girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, like will help you sleep. What you probably want to do if you're setting an alarm on your phone is try to keep your phone miles away from your bed, right? Plug it in on charge. Either in a separate room, um, but make it so that to turn it off, you have to get out of bed. Because once you're out of bed, what's the point in going back? Because you're only going to have to get out of bed if you snooze it. And I would say just don't have a snooze option. Like as soon as you snooze, you've lost. Snooze, you lose. Okay? Because you're already starting your day on the back foot. If you've ever seen that military um military veteran accept acceptance speech on Facebook. Like he's basically like he says that the first thing he ever, he does in the morning is that make his bed because you're one for one and you not snoozing is you one for one. Um so just something to be thinking about and that's where you want to be. Because there's a reason you set your alarm that, that early. Like if you say to yourself the night before I'm gonna go to the gym real early in the morning because that's how I want to start my day. And then you end up snoozing. It's like, at what point do you keep yourself accountable? And you not snoozing is you keeping yourself accountable. So you've got to do it. All right. So when it comes to sort of actually sort of going to sleep, like I've got restless legs, whether it's um, the meds, whether it's ADHD, whether it's the fact that I'm just constantly playing some some sport or training and whatnot. Like my legs are just horrendous. Like I'll literally have a twitch most of the day. So like if I go to bed, I like to stretch before. So if you stretch your hips, your legs, just like five minutes, just laying on the floor, just having a good old stretch, 
you sit in a more comfortable position, so you move less while you sleep, so you get a more restful night's sleep. Simple, easy, you can do that. All right. Um, and showering before bed as well. So if you're showered, nice and clean, nice and fresh. Fresh bedding as well. That's always a good, you're not going to change that every night though. But you will sleep better because you're nice and clean. You feel better. Hot shower, perfect. And then those are the stuff you can do to yourself. But you can now start to look at the environment that you put yourself in. So obviously like if you don't have a TV in your foot, in your room, you're less likely to watch it before bed. So I don't have a TV in the bedroom. Like whether or not Sarah had a choice and that is irrelevant, but it is what it is. Um, so if you set up your room, so it's nice and cool, nice and dark. So you've got, you've got no external factors that are going to keep you awake, like being too warm or like the sun streaming in at four o'clock in the morning, like waking you up and your bed's chirping because that doesn't happen. Um, blackout curtains, absolute godsend. And then if it's too warm in the in the summer, like you've got a nice fan um, that's not going to be like super loud. But if you've got constant noise, that's good white noise. Um, Aircon, if you're fancy and rich or American. Or you just have a window open, like just with a nice cross breeze. Those two factors will help you sleep. That's how we have always slept like ancestrally, nice and cool, in the dark. And your circadian rhythm before electronic lights came in, like, is pretty much how you used to sleep. Um, people used to wake up with, like, they used to pay a door knocker or a window tapper or whatever they call it. An alarm clock was just some guy with a big long pole tapping on your window at whatever time it was. Um, and then if you can, like, I have an Alexa, um, Sorry, in the bedroom. So after I've done the riddle of the day, obviously. Um, I just put white noise on. So like I fall asleep to like rainforest sounds or thunderstorms or something like that. That sort of takes take my mind away from stuff. Like I stop thinking about stuff because I'm concentrating on the noise. And like it, that's one of the massive benefits for me. Like it, it does stop me thinking. Um, however, if you do do the Alexa one, don't do the rainforest ones because there's one point on the loop where the monkey like makes a real nice noise and it will will startle you and make you jump. Um it's really random. But like thunderstorms or like rain or sea wheel music or whatever, it's really good, it's really relaxing. And the white noise does help you fall asleep. And obviously within Alexa you can sort of set it to 20 minutes so that hopefully in that 20 minutes you've fallen asleep. Um, <clears throat> Um, what else do I do? Um, so I have a lavender spray. That's it. I have, we have a lavender spray and lavender is, it's used quite heavily, but like old people, that's how I used to sort of view it. It's like, I used to buy my grandma like lavender stuff every single week, every single year. Sorry for Christmas. Oh, grandma, here's a lavender hamper. Like you go upstairs and have like in her house now. She's like 92 nearly. She's got like another 15 years worth of lavender still to go. She can do it though. Um, and lavender is very good for anxiety. So it reduces anxiety. Um, 
you can get lavender candles you can get the spray like if you've just got a um like a air wick or a delayed spray thing get one of them or you can actually get like a an actual spray like a spray bottle which you spray on your pillow every night and it helps you sleep the research says that it does i don't know if it does or not i use it i sleep well is it because of lavender spray i don't know is it because everybody else everything else i don't know these are only things that we know could work and it is finding what works for you the last thing that i've only recently started doing since i've made my own um is journaling and i always find that when i do struggle to sleep it's because i've got so many things i need to think about and do the next day that i've not managed to do yet that day or um things that i'm trying to remember that i know that i'm 100 gonna forget by the next day is i start to journal so one it, it reduces the anxiety because you're not anxious about what you've got to do tomorrow because you've got to you've actually got something to do like you've got it written down on paper and you wake up you look at it and all oh, right yes yeah, we i've got this to do and it allows you to brain dump it allows you to actually put sort of feelings and thoughts and reflect on your day so not only will it help you sleep but it'll actually help you become hopefully better at whatever you're trying to achieve maybe even a better human being and for me spending two minutes doing that every day out on a night before bed like is that worth it whether it works or not that's completely up to you but like my whole vibe right now is trying to just take a step back from all of the fast-paced stuff that i tend to do because i do tend to sort of rush into things and make poor decisions because of it and i find journaling before bed and writing down my thoughts how i feel and having like a nice brain dump before i go to sleep or hopefully fall asleep is it's a nice way for me to wake up and be like all right sweet and i've got this to do today um but all those things one two three four eight things don't try them all at once but if i was going to recommend one thing like my top tip for better sleep is read something before bed read something that is on paper that's an actual like, physical book not a kindle not an ipad not your phone but an actual book and read something that you actually enjoy reading rather than something like work-based so like how like a fat loss book or anything like that try to try to read something that that sort of stimulates you enough for you to actually want to read it but not stimulates you enough so much that you have to try to remember it all right it's nothing work related it's sort of the way i go I'll, I'll i'll read fantasy and shit like that like dragons and wizards and it's like a combination of harry potter and game of thrones and the industrial revolution at the minute it's a very odd very odd vibe um but that's the best thing that i've ever implemented for my sleep like ever because it gives you something that you can actually rely on and i i've very rarely got past a chapter before like my eyes are like and like for me i always used to struggle to sleep until i started reading before bed and that's it's one thing that you can definitely try um 
And if you want recommendations of fantasy books, I've got loads of them. Um, some very brilliant ones as well. And it allows you to have like a real nice bookshelf. And you can, like when people come around, people, how do you read? And like you can almost tell people that you're an intellectual like I do. When I'm clearly not. People think you're smart because you read. Um, so there are all the non-nutrition based sleep things or the things that you can implement for sleep. Um, I know there's a lot, a lot of research behind sleep, obviously. But if you do struggle, just give me a shout. It's things that I can definitely help you with. Um, it's things that you you definitely don't have to do. Like some people don't shout, like shower before bed. It's what it is. People might not have the capability to stretch before bed, etc. So it's all individual, but there's some really good examples of what you should, what you can do to help you sleep if you do struggle. But the best thing is like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like if you really sleep well with what you're currently doing, buzz in. All right, and hopefully I'll see you soon and look out for part two. Cheers, guys.